Welcome to another episode of Fill in the Blank. I'm here with Christopher Rourke. Yo, yo. Chrissy Chris, what about the Sonderkin 1005 you know, also known as the Aikiton 1005? All I know is that it involved two Asian countries and torture. Right? Nope. Uh Uh-oh. What comes to your mind when I say the Sonderkin 1005? I, dude, honestly, no idea. Well, it's basically a special forces unit. So the Sonderkin 1005 began in May 1942 during World War II to hide any evidence that people had been uh, murdered by okay. Nazi Germany. Got the wrong articles. We're sitting here talking about multiple articles here. And Aiken Reinhardt in occupied Poland. The operation, which was conducted in strict secrecy from 1942 to 1944, used prisoners to exhume mass graves and burn the bodies. These work groups were officially called Leichkin Commandos, or known as Corpse Units, and were all part of Sonderkin Commando 1005. Inmates were often put in chains in order to prevent escape. In May 1943, the operation moved into occupied territories in Eastern and Central Europe to destroy evidence of the final solution. Sonderkin 1005 was used to conceal the evidence of massacres committed by the SS Einsgruppen Nazi death squads that had massacred millions of people, including 1.3 million Jews, according to historian Raul Hilberg, as well as Roma and local civilians. The Egerton was overseen by selected squads from the Schanderweist and the Orschkan Polsi. So already there's, they're using prisoners in chains to burn bodies, or dig up bodies, and burn them. Hmm. How would you feel if some guy just pulled you out of a prison to dig up some bodies? And Is it shortening my sentence? Because, I mean, honestly, depending on which prison I'm in, you want to get out. Really? Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't want to do it, but if it's like max security fucking torture every day... Maybe you get a burger at lunch. Uh, Instead yeah, of getting the no, gruel, you just no. get a burger. I don't even... Well, depending on how hungry I was. I think it's all depending on the circumstances. I don't know if I'd like digging up bodies very much. What would you do for a Klondike bar? (laughs) Dig up bodies! So anyone who knew of the horrible crimes kept the information in fear of being executed as a potential leak. Ah, see? You knew what was going on, you just kept your mouth shut and walked away. Well, let's talk about some operations. In March 1942, SS Oppengruppenführer, I probably said that wrong, but fear, it's probably Opergruppenführer, what's, what's the thing with the, the Führer? Führer? I hate German words. Wait, let me see. It's F-U-H-R-E-R. Yeah, Führer. The Führer. Mein Führer. Mein Führer, that's what I thought. The Opergruppenführer. Reinhard Heinrich placed SS... God, it's another one. Paul Blobel in charge of the Eggerton 1005, though its start was delayed after Heydrich was assassinated in 1942. It was after the end of June that the SS Gruppenführer, Heinrich Muller, head of the Gestapo, finally gave Bloppel his orders. With the principal aim was to erase evidence of Jewish exterminations. The Eggerton would also include non-Jewish victims of Nazi Einsgruppen. So Assassination Operation Anthropod was linked to this. Operation Anthropod was when they were trying to assassinate a special 
Nazi um, person, oh. and they ended up messing up and killing a bunch of civilians. Oh, a good. lot. Basically blew up the wrong car. Good stuff. So, Blobo began his working experiment at, Kelm- at Kelmco, also known as Kolmhoff, attempts to use incendiary bombs to destroy exhumed bodies, were unsuccessful as the weapons set fire to nearby forests. The most effective way was eventually found to be giant pyres on iron grills. The method involved building alternating layers of corpses and firewood on railway tracks. After the fire burned down, remaining bone fragments could be crushed by pounding with a heavy dolls or in a grinding machine and then reburied in pits. The operation officially began at Sobrier Extermination Camp. The Heinrich Commandos exhumed the bodies from mass graves around the camp and then burned them. After which the task workers were executed, the process then moved to Belzic in November 1942. So after these people that would dig up these bodies and burn them on tracks on these giant pyres that were set up, they were killed. The people that were burying the bodies, see? Yeah. Don't take the free burger at lunch, dude. It's like you're digging your own grave. Mm Mm-hmm. Look, man, if they put bacon on that burger, you gotta... It's a compelling argument. You got it. You just got to do it. <laughs> the process then moved to Belize in November 1942. The Auschwitz and Mandrake camps had crematoria with furnace rooms on site to dispose of the bodies. Therefore, the Ikatin 1005 commandos were not needed there. Surplus corpses were burned by their own prisoners. Hmm. The semi-industrial incineration of corpses at the Trebleska extermination camp began as the political danger associated with the earlier burial list was realized. In 1943, 22,000 Polish victims of the Soviet Kattown massacre were discovered near Somsenak, Russia and reported to Adolf Hitler. The remains were well-preserved and underground, attesting to the Soviet mass murder. By April 1943, the Nazi propaganda began to draw attention of the international community to this war crime. The Cannon Commission was forced to make detailed examinations in an effort to drive a wedge between the Allies. So they were trying to show evidence that Russia had committed this giant massacre that killed 22,000 Jews. Ah. So, it was basically Hitler's way of trying to drive a wedge between allies. So, meanwhile, the secret orders to exhume mass graves and burn the hundreds of thousands of victims instead came directly from the Nazi leadership in April. The corpses that had been buried at Treblinka with the use of a crawler excavator were dug up and cremated on the orders of Heinrich Himmler himself, who visited the camp in March 1943. The instructions were to utilize rails as grates came from the Soferher, or Herbert Floss, the, um, the camp's cremation expert. The bodies were placed on cremation pyres that were up to 30 meters, also 98 feet long, with rails laid across the pits on concrete blocks. They were spat, splashed with petrol over wood and burned in one massive blaze, attended by roughly 300 prisoners who operated the pyres. In Belzec, the round-the-clock operation lasted until March 1943 in Treblinka and went on at full speed until the end of July. So think, all these prisoners are constantly throwing these bodies on this thing, trying to get rid of 22,000 bodies. Mm-hmm. How long? It's it's going to take a while, dude. People it said are it took a couple months, but it said, like, holy, from March to July. Yeah, that's pretty ridiculous. I mean, at least it was warm out, January, right? February, March, <laughs> April, May, June, July. So it took, like, six, six months, or four months. That's ridiculous. 
The operation also returned the scenes of earlier mass killings such as the Baby Yar, Bonary, and the Ninth Fort, as well as Brona Gora. By nineteen forty four, with Soviet armies advancing, SS open group and for her, Wilhelm <laughs> I, dude, I'm gonna tell. I'm gonna say it. it's it's Open just Gru- such a funny word. Obergruppenfur. 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 It's like a restaurant. <laughs> Come on down to the Open Gruppenfur. <laughs> Will Wilhelm Cope, head of the Regeros Warfland, ordered that each of the five districts of general government territory set up its own Aitkin 1005 commando to begin cleaning mass graves. The operations were not entirely successful as advancing Soviet troops reached some of the sites before they could be cleared. The Aftermath At the Nuremberg Trials after World War II, a deputy of Adolf Eichmann That's that word again. Gave the following testimony regarding Aitkin 1005. In November 1942, in Eichmann's office in Berlin, I met Standard Hutenher Global who was the leader of Commando 1005, which was specially assigned to remove all traces of the final solution of the Jewish problem by Eitzmann's groups and all other executions. Commando 1005 operated from at least autumn 1942 to September 1944, and this period subordinated to Eichmann. The mission was constituted after it first became apparent that Germany would not be able to hold all territory occupied in the East and it was considered necessary to remove all traces of criminal executions that had been committed. While in Berlin in November 1942, Ploppel gave a lecture before Eichmann's staff of specialists on the Jewish question from the occupied territories. He spoke of the special incinerators he had personally constructed for use in the work of Commando 1005. It was our particular assignment to open the graves and remove and cremate the bodies of persons who had been previously executed. Commando 1005 operated in Russia, Poland, and through Baltic area. I again saw Plopel in Hungary in 1944, and he stated to Eichmann in my presence that the mission of Commando 1005 had been completed. So if you're a part of Commando 1005, your job is to dig up bodies and burn them and get rid of the evidence. So it was the idea that you weren't going to be able to hold the territory for long. It wasn't going to be under German control for long. So get rid of any evidence that we did anything like this so we don't have anything to be used against us in any type of trial form. So they already yeah. knew they were getting they were going to get caught. Mm-hmm. So Global was sentenced to death by the U.S. Nuremberg Military Tribunal in the Eitzgruben trial. He was hanged for Landsberg Prison on June 8, 1951. Nearly 60,000 deaths are attributed to Global through the during testimony at Nuremberg. He allegedly only killed between 10,000 and 15,000 people. The prosecution at the trial of Adolf Eichmann in 1961 attempted to prove that Eichmann was Blopel's superior, but the court did not accept it. Blopel's supervisor was, in fact, Heinrich Muller. So some dramatizations. Aitkin 1005 was actually depicted in the 1988 TV miniseries War and Remembrance. It plays a central role in Daniel Silva's 2005 novel, A Death in Vienna. Schindler's List also depicts Aitkin 1005, when Jewish prisoners were forced to exhume corpses for burning on open pyres. And Leon Weichkowels wrote the book Death Brigade, where he describes his work as part of Sonderkin 1005 of burning more than 310,000 bodies close to Genova witness concentration camps. How many bodies does it take for you to burn till you start seeing these people's faces everywhere you go? It, they probably, that's probably the reason why they had the the prisoners do it because I mean 
you wouldn't want to put your soldiers at, like, into like a thing like that, you know? It's pretty fucking ridiculous, though. Well, once I um, kind of wrote down my own little facts and did my own little research, I did once the Allies knew the knowledge of the attack, it needed to be ended. So once they found out about this, they knew that someone, someone had to be accountable. You can't be burning people's corpses. Major health risks of mass burnings of corpses created two problems that were a major detriment, which consisted of the millions of flies that were brought to the toxic and fascist smell, then contaminating the groundwater and hurting the people of the area. Mm. By burning? Yeah. I mean, you're burning bodies. You gotta think. Mm-hmm. That, like, that smell and that's like disease, everything. You're getting stuff contaminated. There's people washing their hands in the lake and stuff. Yeah, but it's not going into the water. It's going into the air. Yeah, but if you're dealing with people's dead corpses, yeah, I mean, and then you're looking for them. a place to get some blood off your hands, what do you do? Yeah, that's true. It's There's true. a river in The fear that later generations would not understand their plan was their whole idea of trying to get rid of any evidence that any of this stuff happened. Because mm-hmm. their, their, their whole Nazi eugenics program, their whole thing was that they were trying to create basically the, I, Hitler's ideas perfect of a perfect specimen mm-hmm. so if you didn't fit their description of what a perfect specimen was you got killed so they, they had a feeling that people like now who live in germany or germans now wouldn't understand what they were trying to accomplish i'm sure they don't i mean i'm sure <laughs> i'm pretty sure they don't either but th- that was the whole idea of them getting rid of their evidence they were like okay we need to get rid of that we even tried any of this because future generations are not going to understand us so coming down to the sign of 1005 i mean what is it, what is, like, how, how far does someone have to go to get rid of evidence when it comes to burning somebody's bodies and you just don't even care anymore? You're just so robotically tuned into it. Well, like you said, it was prisoners mainly doing it. There was a special group that was doing it, and then they would get prisoners to do it also. Yeah, so, I mean, maybe that special group was just, like, dehumanized. Like, they don't have a consciousness anymore, like, they're... Maybe they're doing any, Remember what we say, we do anything to kind of... When your life's at stake? I mean, when you're a prisoner, you don't have a choice. Yeah, when you're a prisoner, hell no. I'm saying, like, the unit that was doing it, they probably just became dehumanized, like... Maybe the unit was probably thinking, like, I don't want my kids to find out what I've done, so, like, they're trying to burn the thing. That might be it, too. Never know. So what do you think about the Sonic 1005? I mean, it's pretty fucked. I mean, there's... I could see the logic behind it, kind of, but their reasoning for it is not really, like... Like, if if they're like, oh, well, I, I don't want the next generation, whatever, blah, 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 then win the war. You know, no matter what you do now, the the winners write the history books. If one body's found, they can claim any number. Yeah, but they were already on the the, the losing end. This was like the, the last yeah, resort see, to get rid of any evidence possible. Like burning the books of Alexandria, like the giant Alexander fire. Yeah, yeah. It's hard to think that, you know, when they found documents of uh, Operation Cherry Night Blossom or something like that, mm-hmm. the whole idea that Japan was going to attack us like a month or a month after they surrendered at, uh, they had a plan to attack us, like bomb us right before um, we dropped all the bombs on them and everything. Like, either we're going to drop $150 million in contaminated ticks and, like, fleas and stuff in California. Really? Yeah. Me and Evan talked about this. We did a fill in the blank on it. Hmm. But, um, like, nobody knew about this plan, and they tried to get rid of the plan by shoving it down a toilet. And that's where people found it. 
Like to think that that's happened. Like how many times have someone's been trying to get rid of their plans because they didn't want to find out? Like we need to burn all the evidence. We need to burn anything. Like they're coming to get us. Like we've been we've been found out. Mm-hmm. We need to get rid of all the evidence. You know anything that's going to incriminate us. Yeah. Hell, that's what that show Gotham has on it, where they're working at the mental facility and they're doing all those subject testing experiments. Like get rid of all the stuff, burn mm-hmm. it, hide it all. Yeah, a lot of um, a lot of government institutions have gotten really smart about that though. Like, they've been getting better, even though we're in, like, the digital age. It's just like, fuck, it kill the hard drives, you know? It's just, like... Shut it down. Shut it like, all down. Yeah, that's what governments become very Unplug good Unplug the computer from the wall. That'll do it. Mm-hmm. That's what I do to kind of fix my laptop. You just <laughs> unplug it from the wall. Even, like, mercenaries, though, like, modern-day mercenaries who, are, who were over in Iraq and the Gulf during those wars, like, they have direct orders, or that they've seen direct orders where... They're supposed to, the mortar teams are supposed to shoot around the convoys of the Taliban and ISIS. But, you know, they can't say anything in, you know, fear of dying. And where do those orders go? They don't just disappear. I guess it's much easier now to erase data that's real and like something you type in. But what erases the data from your mind? How long until we separate the synapses of memory so you literally don't remember? Or you like you can brainwash yourself to forget that it happened, like hypnosis type way. I'm gonna have to find out the name of the movie, but there's a movie like that where like anything bad happens in your life you can pay someone to um Imagine to, you do a like horrible that. experiment and then someone just gives you a little bit of, I wanna be hypnotized so I don't remember that experiment. I mean they worked with psychic driving and those types of things that um Who's that one guy that was uh, did did those experiments on that? Driving. He created the theory of psychic driving. Mm. Which you know what psychic driving is? No. It's no. basically like if you play a certain amount of beats or something into someone's head. He did the experiments on people that had schizophrenia. Remember uh-huh. I told you about that where they drugged them and threw them mm. in a coffin and stuff, and then put snakes over top of that kid's body and stuff. Yes. Yeah, While he was fucked. alive, he couldn't move, but he just fell all the snakes. It was. Like, desensitizing them they're mm. you know doing all these different types of tests where you do like you know you put headphones on at night have a repeating message going through your mind while you sleep you know it's it, you're gonna wake up and then it was a form of mind control they had different th- types of clicks or different types of snaps they could do and you'd have you follow the orders or that's, totally, a, that's a veil in itself if you can lift that totally forget you things like that's a type of mind control or erasing like they would erase people's memory remember i told you about the people that um the families that were suing because the, their family members that were in these experiments had to relearn how to walk because when they would do the memory erase thing it completely erased their functioning of like way before back then mm. like way before like learning how yeah, to that's walk that's pretty crazy stuff. It's, it's hard to think how far the mind can go, but how far until we can use that to our advantage where we're able to erase, like, make you do something and then erase it from your mind to, so you can be like, I didn't do that. What are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, yes. Yeah, that's going to be a day. Who would do this type of thing? Mm-hmm. And you're just like, what? Like, you did it. We have proof. We have video of you doing it. That's not me. I don't remember doing that. Mm-hmm. Ten second Tom. That can be real. <laughs> Hi, I'm Tom. I know. We just met five minutes ago. Tom was in a terrible brain accident, <laughs> a terrible car accident, and now he can only remember 10 seconds. Oh my God, am I all right? Hi, I'm Tom. <laughs> Good God. Well, anybody that wants to look up this uh, extermination group of the Nazi regime, uh, I suggest you look into it. Maybe look up the word Fuhrer. Fuhrer. Fur. Fuhrer. Fuhrer. Mein Fuhrer. That's easier to say than Heinz Gruppenfuhrer. 
Oh my Heinz god, I got it right at the end. Heinz Gruppenführer. Heinz Gruppenführer. Well, anybody that wants to Heinz Gruppenführer this podcast, um, check it out. And if you want to look up this thing for yourself and tired of hearing me baffle about it, because uh, I'm definitely tired of pronouncing words that are from not American. <laughs> I only speak American. I only know. speak taco and burgers. <laughs> Stay tuned for the next episode of this podcast.